podlings. Hi, podlings. Podtrons. Pod. Denites. No, why are we? Why are we changing it? I don't podlings know. Is perfect. We're, no, I think podlings perfect. I just like to make them up as like every. Okay. Podchinistas. Oh. Caster masters. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Uh, anyways, welcome back. Happy 2023. I think that I think it counts that we've officially been doing the podcast for two years now. Yeah, this is our second this year. This is a two-year-old podcast. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I just I got an interview for like not my dream job, but definitely a job I've dreamt of having for a very long time. Tuesday. I'm so excited. So everybody, let's manifest for Galaxy. Yeah, let's manifest. I can finally uh it's a job at an independent bookstore. And you know that has been my dream job for my entire my entire life. And I think I may tell them that. I don't know if that'll I'll be like, look, I will do anything for you. I really want this job. You can treat me like trash. Yeah, you can be like, I'm more like the guy from Addie LaRue and less like the guy from you. Like I'm fun bookstore and everyone <laughs> loves me. Or I am like the guy from you. <laughs> he was really good at running that bookstore. Like you could say that he was creepy, but he was actually really good at running a small business and book restoration. Yeah, and especially considering that he had like a, a human cage right next to his book restoration equipment. That's often where I keep my book restoration. <laughs> That's lovely. Well, I'm so excited for you. That's really I fun. Know, so let's all manifest because I really, I want like whatever that like lucky girl syndrome shit they're talking about on TikTok. I want that for me. Yeah, I, I love that for you. That. I want this job and I want that to be like, it's cool that you can't work Tuesdays and Thursdays, Monday and Wednesday nights. <laughs> It's a part-time job, so I can't imagine that that's like... No, I really see this for you. I'm excited. I've been thinking about finding a new side hustle as well. I don't know if my current I, I think you need a, I, I think your job is good, and I think you're really good at it. I think for your own sanity, you need to be doing something else. Yeah, well, just like because my current side hustle is not my princess well, party just, gigs. Not yeah, that's what enough. I'm saying. That's borderline. Not prostitution, where you're not prostituting a child, you're being prostituted for children. Yeah, it's one thing if I can do like, you know, three hours at a time and make $50, that's great. But it's not it's like, it's not consistent. And it's not enough. Like I have to spend so much time getting ready for it that it's not working well, for me. that's the thing with, with my part-time teaching thing. It's kind of the same thing. Well, I really love it, but, I, and I good, make good money, don't get me wrong. But also I put in so much out of hours work. It's like, it's really exhausting and it's not unreliable. It's like, it's hard. Like, for example, you know, I just learned that the school that I was working for first semester isn't doing it second semester, but it's like, mm. I just learned that. So it's like, okay, well now maybe I would have been trying to do, you know, reschedule some things or I wouldn't have dropped a different class. You know, I would have just planned things differently. I so it'd be nice to have a job that's like, actually, here's your time card and please come in. And I'd be like, yes, please. I will do whatever yeah, you like. My goal, since my current job is in person, was be to have some sort of online side hustle. I'm looking at a couple of different freelance things. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of experience writing on like brand voice and social media. And oh, that kind yeah. Of stuff. There's so, so many content like stuff yeah, nowadays. So I, I think I can do something like that. I've done I've some of that couple... stuff every now and then. And it's it's pretty good. It's good money. Interesting things. Yeah. The, the student film business is not really paying what oh, it used to but the bookshop is the new york uh branch of shakespeare and company <gasps> so i'll show them a picture be like look look how cute me and lily i'm so cute you in front of your parisian you one. so i can be really cute in front of your non-parisian one the book that i got at shakespeare and company yeah lily you should cut this part back in so i got this book called lily because it has oh, my name as the title yeah. and it is not terrible good. you did get the other one about how to die as a medieval peasant right yeah that one was great i really liked it it's really funny I it was cutesy one. no it was fun but lily by rose tremaine rose what are you doing i thought this whole thing there's so many problems with it but the whole thing is there's this big love arc between 
this the main character and this man this police officer who's like 20 years her elder who like it turns out to have been the police officer who found her when she was abandoned as a baby and like rescued her and brought her to the orphanage and she's like falling in love with him the whole time so in my head I'm like okay so this is all gonna come out and she's trying to hide from him that she's like murdered someone don't read it it's not good But I thought it was going to come at the end and be like, okay, she comes on to him and he's like, what are you doing? You're, and he, he knows that she's the baby he rescued. They, they know, like both of them know. So then it's like, I thought she was going to come on to him and he's going to be like, whoa, I was seeing you as a daughter. Like his wife was proposing that they help her out because they never had a child together. But instead he's like into it and then she confesses to murder and then he's not into it anymore. And I'm like, what the hell? I would never be into a baby I once held. I'm not Woody Allen. That's disgusting. I would never be into a baby I once held. I just want to put that out there in Lily, the universe. 2023, starting the new year off right. <laughs> you can't it's incredible. Kelsey, what are what are your New Year's resolutions? I'm a New Year's resolution. I think I try to keep it pretty simple every year. And this fact that like, I keep it down to three resolutions that are just like really carrying a lot of weight where it's like, this is maybe asking a lot. Like, I I think I have simple ones where I'd like to finish my novel and I'd like to get Mm -hmm. a literary agent. Like, that's it. Like, those are just the two big goals I want to do. Uh, And then I also have, I would like to have have some sort of romance. (laughs) And that's the one. I just just put romance question mark. I like that. Any of my resolutions are like, oh, honey. (laughs) You're not supposed to ask questions in your manifestations. I was like, maybe that'd be nice. That was a resolution for me last year. And it sort of happened. Sort of didn't. Sure it did. I, my whole life, I've just been expecting the love of my life to like be around any corner I turn. And so the only people behind me are, um, Josephine Baker. Um, yeah. So for me, um, the first one I made, uh, as soon as I woke up on New Year's Day is to start drinking more responsibly. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one for you. Hey, here's a fun story about Lily. So I don't drink a ton for lots of reasons. I, so Lily and I were on this riverboat in Paris in Lucia. And I, we got this, these wines that went with the meal and it was fine. And I, I don't love, I'm very specific about my wine. So they pour it for us and I take a few sips, you know, to go with the meal. And then while I wasn't watching, Lily was just like drinking my bottles of wine, but the man kept like refilling my glass with the bottle. So I didn't realize she how much she was having. Like I thought she had maybe had a few sips. But by the time we got the, she had had multiple glasses of not just my wine, but also her wine and also both of our complimentary champagne glasses. Champagne was so good. It was so sweet. I- you took you literally took mine from you. You're like, you're not gonna have this. And then you just threw them back. We had so a lot I wish of that fun. You were like, you're not gonna like this. And as you drank our champagne double fisting. And that was a fun boat trip because we saw a sugar baby. Yeah, we saw a sugar baby. We made friends with some Canadians who are next to us. And we saw the weird British couple next to us. Yes. Um we also fun. that was when you thought you had lost your passport, but it had and hit I itself. Had it. It had hit itself in a pocket dimension in that your bed sheet so somehow. Weird. It was we so had, weird. We took off every sheet, I swear to God. We did. We went we everywhere. Did. That was also when we couldn't get an Uber because we had no service where we and were And we got in into Paris. the best cab of the world. Oh my God, yeah. That guy was amazing. It was us and like a very... Where were they from? They were American. They were American, but like and they, Salt Lake the, City American. I felt so bad for those kids. Hey kids, it's Lily and Gelsey. If you remember being in Paris in a cab with two kind of drug 20 year olds um we're sorry come hang with us we we, I feel so bad for you I've never felt more bad for three children in my life yeah I feel bad for them I do want to point out though this resolution is I don't want anyone to think out there that I'm some sort of lush or have a problem with drinking I mean I would say you are lush I wouldn't say you're alcohol 
<laughs> um, it's not a requirement, but when I do it, I have fun. Um, no, but I just want to be and more. She like, does so it responsibly. My birthday this summer, I had probably over the course of the night like twelve drinks. But what happened is I ate a lot beforehand. I was having water in between, and I was spacing them out over the course of a night. So when I woke up the next morning, I was fine. But yeah, then, but the like, issue is Lily is the like size of a Smurf. So when she drinks, no, but I have this, I have this Polish and Swedish blood it's and it's Irish. Not. It sucks up all the, the alcohol. That's not, um, she's delusional. <laughs> she yeah. beat herself when she was drunk. Lily is fun. She uh, is fun. We got drunk at a Nash on this drag bus and then we got sobered ourselves up at the Johnny Cash cafe in Nashville. That was, was not my brightest day. So no, yeah. that was a bad day. We got, a, that, that was bad. That was a bad that day. That day. Halloween and then we watched this the, year. And then we watched the Butter movie with the Butter Fairy. Oh, that was so racist against Irish people. You're the one who said you want to watch the Butter Fairy. If I thought it was going to be good. It was not. Why did you think it? I don't know. I like butter. Okay, next resolution. <laughs> okay, my next resolution is similar to yours to um, finalize my current screenplay I've been working oh, on yeah. and upload it to the Blacklist. So um, I think that'll be good for you. Yeah. And then my last one is just more of a general idea is just to get more financially stable. So find a more regular, uh, productive, like side hustle. Um, That's fair. To work on my saving habits, that kind of stuff. So I was not that I financial stability on mine. And then I just got too stressed out. I was like, no, I'm not even going to, we'll do that. 2024 will be financial stability. I'm a mess. Don't, don't be fooled. <laughs> well, I think, I think we'll, we'll follow up at our, our we'll, follow up. we'll, we'll see, do a wrap up. Lily's financial statement. We'll go through and do her taxes with her. I guess I think it's go. time to summon podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who's first? Me? You. Okay. Let me pull mine up. Oh, Podcastia. Oh, okay, mine is so dumb, but I just thought it was funny. And I, I tend to act, I tend to always bring kind of dark one, not dark ones, but kind of heavy ones. So I thought today I'm going to bring one. This is a writer. A, I'm putting quotation. You know what? No, this is a novelist, a writer. I, why was I going to put quotation marks? That's stupid. Their name is Siggy Shade. And Siggy is, I, I have seen their TikTok account pop up, like advertising their books on TikTok. And let me just tell you, whatever like juice Siggy is drinking, I would like some of it. And Siggy does paranormal romance. Uh, this first one that's coming out uh, that has just come out is called Jack's Head. It's about falling in love with a spectral uh, jack-o'-lantern birched by Krampus, a, a tentacle engagement. This one I really like that I've been reading, not really reading, I was kind of just looking through, it's called Stalked uh, by the Boogeyman, a smutty monster romance. <laughs> and I'm really in love with their energy. Now, let me pull up their TikToks. They have been really benefiting from the the like slide feature on TikTok. And they'll do these things like recapping or getting you intrigued, uh, intrigued on their, their stories. Uh, like here's one that is advertising uh, tentacle engagement by Siggy Shade. When your love language is touch and you accidentally summon a tentacle monster, you need ample preparation, he says. For what? By the time I'm finished, you'll be begging for it. Now lie back and let me prepare you. Or here's another one about also about, I believe, um, the tentacle monster. When the tentacle monster makes you cry that much, did you like that little mate? Yes. No, you lie. His tentacle slides. Are you sure about that? All right, you say it. It was hot. More, he purrs. You really should say no, but you're hungry for more. Yes, please. I'm like in love with this. I think everything about this is good. <laughs> 
what I love the most, I'm just scrolling through. Are you like just scrolling a, through Siggy Shade? I yeah. searched Siggy Shade on TikTok. What I love the most about this tentacle monster artwork is it's very much giving like Call yeah. of Cthulhu. And I, I like that, that energy. When the tentacle monster holds you captive with eight tentacles, but you squeeze his smaller ninth one. See how you like being held hostage? You yell. The tentacle monster groans. That's not my tentacle. <laughs> I just think silence. I just think wow. Stay down. I don't want to spill a dry. He picks up the remote. I will judge your composure when you give your valedictorian speech. It's going to be a long, hard day. Student professor, morally great hero, mafia dark BDSM. Wicked lessons by Siggy Shane. I love you, Siggy Shane. I think everything about you is good. This is wow. This is what Wattpad thought they were going to do. They yeah. thought they were going to publish no. all these books. Oh, and... yeah. When the stalker is hot enough to trigger Stockholm syndrome. When she's an inexperienced witch with barely enough magic to charge her toys, and he's centuries-old creature out for revenge, she's the only person in existence who can make him. He thinks her death is the key to breaking the curse on his junk. He's fast. She's fascinated by his work. <laughs> he's almost drowns her in his help. She goes to another man for help. He just probably takes the other man in the closet. And she lost. I'm sorry for like the dead silence on our podcast right now, but I don't even know what to do with this. Oh, here's when Bigfoot steals your boyfriend and you have to watch them in the act. You know you can never compete with Bigfoot. So all you can do is cry out in jealousy because you would give anything for a chance with Bigfoot. Is that a queer romance? I love that. Yeah, it is. It's lovely. This is good for society when Krampus knows you like it. But he's shaped like a Christmas stock. Well, I don't know how my contribution is. Anyway, so up to thank this. you, Podcastia. That's what I have for you today. Siggy Shade, um, I fully support the art. Um, oh, first of all, have? Podcastia, I'd like to yeah. apologize for the previous entry. Please don't abandon us. Um, uh, Podcastia is into this. <laughs> Podcastia knows the boogeyman. Podcastia is a freak. All right. For my offering, I'd like to offer up to Podcastia this article that came out on the 23rd of December in Rolling Stone called The Year Everyone Realized They Were Wrong About Taylor Swift versus Kanye West. Oh, yeah, um, I've seen that. I want to point out that ever since the initial video in 2016 came out, mm-hmm. I always doubted the Kanye's version of events. And uh, I mean, on one hand, I want to sacrifice the article because it's like, roll my it's eyes. Yes, everyone's everyone's caught up with this, but also like reading through it. It's kind of amazing to see just how much like misogyny and like the profitability of that versus um, feminism yeah. for people because they really point out how being in like the forefront of the Me Too movement and like this yeah. whole 2018 cultural shift, how we're not that far removed from it. No. And even though sometimes it feels like we are, we're really not. And how much that has really changed the public narrative about how people are treated. I can't speak for everyone. But for me and my friends, we never found the famous video to be funny or clever. No, it was or gross. Everything it was really weird and gross. It was always weird and gross and violating. And uh, I mean, it's nice that that's being talked about now, but it yeah. also just kind of makes me sad in a way. Um, yeah. And now, like, the, the total swing from, like, people speculating that uh, Taylor Swift was potentially like far right and like them kind of embracing her as their Aryan queen all the way to mm. to where Kanye is sitting now is funny but it's also like 
It's it's sad. It's sad. The whole thing. I don't sad. know. It's it's upsetting, and it's it's hard to it's put upsetting. your uh... it's sad women. People love to hate women. Yeah, they look for any excuse to hate women. Um... And this isn't that Kate Taylor Swift is perfect, but compared to the like actual damage Kanye West has been doing lately, uh, and the misogyny and anti-Semitism and racism he spurs, uh, yeah, Taylor Swift is great. She's fine. Yeah, like, I think she's, um... she's a capitalist queen for sure, but she's not that. Uh, she's not actively making people's lives worse. <laughs> Um, except maybe the executives at Ticketmaster. They dug their hole. I don't know. We should be not... Ticketmaster because we did technically get tickets. Yeah, actually, no. Ticketmaster is like a really good company. Ticket Daddy. <laughs> yeah, so you just have to be good enough to earn your Ticketmaster. Yeah, <laughs> Ticketmaster deemed us worthy. <laughs> yeah, we were chosen. No, um, monopolies oh, no. of all tech corporations should be Are bad. Up. But um, after the Taylor Swift concert. Yeah, okay. after a May sixth. All right. Well, that was fun. <laughs> Thank you, podcast. Yeah. I actually organized the tabs today, which I'm very excited. So we'll go Ooh. across my tab. I don't know. I got very excited. I love it. So today we're going to talk about a really fun topic. And that has kind of, I feel like in the recent months, days, years become like very in the zeitgeist. But now uh, there was this video that like popped up on TikTok. And today we're going to talk the ever co- complex weirdness that is the the boy mom phenomenon. Maybe very briefly about what our our boy mom thoughts. I think this will be weird because neither of us are mothers. Uh, you know a boy mom, and I can give my you know a boy mom pretty intimately, you, yeah, very <laughs> intimately. You know a boy mom, uh, and then I can just give my like uh, two cents. Lily, what is your experience with a boy mom? So um, my mother is, in addition to being the mother of me, also the mother of a boy. <gasps> um, How dare you know, she like gender traitor? <laughs> I know it's embarrassing, cringe. Um, <laughs> but this is even something that's come up recently over break we were kind of discussing things with my little brother you know he's he's a teenager now and he's kind of getting ready to go out into the world my baby boy Um, so sweet he's a good one he's one of the good ones but my mom (laughs) has even said things like you know I just feel bad for him in this world he's going into like and my mom is like super feminist like super left-leaning it's it's hard to not be seduced by the boy mom yeah that the idea of like well like I don't want people to be mean or unkind to him and especially when you have someone like my brother who is very um empathetic and really takes things to heart and yeah. is just like a soft kind person I think it's she has some fear about people seeing him as dangerous when he really is like one of the good ones when the idea and for me too like it's an older sister thing I think as well like the idea of like him getting like his feelings hurt or like embarrassed or rejected by a girl just raises our hackles you know we want to we want to defend him till the end of time um but unfortunately um when women are raising boys who are entitled or um pampered or or mama's boys and aren't being socialized to behave well and anyone critiques that um all of a sudden you feel this need to jump to the defense and sometimes it can be difficult to take a step back and look critically at your child's actions so my mom is feeling some of those things I don't think necessarily she's in this situation because she's got a a good one I mean I I think it is wondering the post if like you had come second because I think having you definitely probably kept her from being because she was like well I have my girl so because we'll see soon that that doesn't matter you could have girls are disposable boys are special uh as a real mentality yeah. So again, I'm an only child, so there are no there are no boy moms in my household. Only me and my mommy. And I will say we're. I, I will say this. I this is my opinion. So the 
this is literally the the parent i guess my mother would be an anti-boy mom uh mm. not, not 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 because she doesn't have a boy but in the fact that one my mother uh is very lucky that she had me but in general the plan for babies is that they were going to have boys until they, they had a girl because they only wanted a girl and then if they were boys they would have just been trained to be professional cyclists and bodyguards for me and that's about it like that's my mom's like i would have wanted nothing to do with a boy at, at all she's like i only want a girl my, my like we are borderline misandrous in this household my father exists <laughs> with the grace of god so i mean i i often think like if a boy had been born into this household it would have been the the worst for him uh he would have had like he would have been up at dawn running laps outside and then like just be completely well, yeah, but that's what your dad does too though right yeah well that's what my dad's well that's what my mom she's like i would want him exhausted and never bothering me it's like good <laughs> It's a good work. She's like, and he, I'm like, and he would never mess with a woman. And he's like, and she's like, even if the woman was in the wrong, I'd always be on the woman's side. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, she's like, it's going to, she's like, I have to make amends. You know, she's have to do reparations for having, a, adding another boy into this world. And I'm like, that's fair. If, I have to believe there is a divine plan because there's a reason my mom had a girl. Can a you girl. imagine if my brother was six years older than me and I was that'd a younger be child? Weird. The way mm. the dynamic would be different. I, mm, that'd be so weird. Because I feel like I really embody, embody like, you're mean, a, you're older, older sister energy. You could also be a bratty younger sister, though. Yeah, I'm just kind of a brat, but in the bratty older sister you're just way a brat. where... It's like Anna, I'm like Anna Kendrick's character in Paranorman, where she's, like, so mean to him, but when it comes down to, like, yeah. fighting the zombies, like, she's ride or die. I guess I am a boy mom with Poe, but... <laughs> Yeah. Oh different. my gosh. No, it's, no, it's not. You are a boy mom. But he's not a human. He's a boy mom, baby dog. Okay, but like literally. But if anyone ever mess with him, I would kill them. He's different though, because it includes human children. I go, I just don't think I could love a human baby of any gender as much as I love him. He's my little prince. I love him. But I think here's the thing. I don't have any of the anxieties these boy moms have because Poe can't get married. Poe can't find women. I am the only woman he will ever have. Like, Yeah, it's not like Poe's going to find a new owner and leave you. That's what, but see, this no, is no, what these boy moms are worried about. It's it's a perfect analogy, okay. one-to-one. <laughs> <laughs> I know the boy mom, but just with Poe, I think if I have a human boy son, which by the way, I really don't want a son. Like I have that same fear of having a boy because the idea of a boy in me upsets me. But if I had a boy son, I think I'll be like, you're not Poe. You'll never be Poe. Boys and I would get along. So here is this TikTok that this woman shared. And she has no shame about it (laughs) at all. uh, Because she's continued afterwards to make, uh, she got tons of backlash. She still is. She has continued to make uh, jokes afterwards about the backlash. As if what she says in this video is not a problem. So we're just going to do a a little listen. I thought that I would be that toxic boy mom. I love my four kids equally, but that last little boy <laughs> just hits different. And now I feel like I'm having this existential crisis or I wouldn't be that mom, that toxic boy mom. He hits his sisters. He punches them. I'm like, maybe he's having a hard day. So when I think about my daughters getting married, I get excited, right? You had their dresses, planning their weddings. When I think about my son's wedding, I want to cry. Boy moms, we've got to step up. we got to realize that we are the problem. So yeah, so that's caused some stir on the interwebs. Well, I think um, it's good that she's acknowledging that that's not, you know, the best way to I, engage I, with the I world. I think that's true. I still think it's weird that, like, she has yet to respond saying, you know what, I phrased that wrong, or... I went out that a little wrong. Instead, she yeah, made videos I don't being encourage, like, 
my yeah. child to like, punch she my had other this child. one video where it's like pov you're the toxic boy mom and it's that pop the popular sound and so she like pushes her daughters physically to the ground up to her son and going you're gonna be i'm like that's not fun don't joke about it and like apparently i think she's changed it but apparently i don't know if this is true so like don't don't fact check they don't don't take this as gospel but apparently for a while if you went to like her family blog instagram it was only photos of her and her son like on the like first carousel like you have to scroll for her daughters that is wow she's a mess uh so i thought kind of with that as our introduction i would read you some great articles that are written by like parenting site mommy blogs and um we will go from there just so we could really get into their uh, mentality so this one i really love it's called it's from a site called creative healthy family uh, and it is called 10 wonderful things that makes being a boy mom so extraordinary so already we're gonna learn number one we get to be someone's first true love we can go through our entire teen and young adult lives never knowing what it feels like to be someone's first true love then our boys come along and that completely changes there's really nothing quite like knowing that you're the center of the universe for someone and they're the center of yours, even if it's just for a little while. I mean, first off, like right off the bat, and this is kind of my idea going into this, it's very much giving like the fact that like, okay, this is a perfect point. You've never in your life experienced beings like fully loved by someone. That yeah. has a lot more to say about the relationships that you've had. Not that they're your fault necessarily, but like about your trauma and your backstory. Yeah. And the fact that you like, I wonder, it would make a lot of sense to me if this woman, these women have unhealthy relationships with men. Oh, 100%. Their have very positive relationships with their husbands or men in the past and they see this as like a mind they can shape into loving them i would also say there is a very sick confusion about the love you experience between like two consenting adults and the love from a baby who has no choice but to rely on you for existence yeah they're very different like that baby isn't like in love with you because you're its true love it's in love with you as much as a baby can be even though like there are there are signs to prove that babies don't really have the brain to love yet. Like they, but they're attached to you because you feed them and you're the only, like if you leave a baby alone, it dies. Yeah, so it is, you. okay, number two, boys teach us how not to take ourselves so seriously. When you're a boy mom, you quickly learn that every bodily function is a potential joke fodder. <laughs> There's a reason why boys love books like Captain Underpants. Even the title gets them giggling. Unless you want to spend your life flushing, which, hey, at least saves us a bit of money on makeup. You have to get over yourself really fast. Bonus, very little embarrasses us boy moms anymore. <laughs> okay, my response to this, um, maybe we should, you know, Except the fact that girls are socialized from a young age to be more mature and are forced to grow mm -hmm. faster than oh, boys oh, are. We are going to get into that. <laughs> girls yeah. find underwear and poop and farts funny. I love but the we're not allowed underpants. to. I love the I Captain, love Captain underpants, under, underpants. But so my funny. He's an adult man in underpants. What is not funny about that? But my parents, when I was like checking them out from the library, were kind of rolling their eyes a bit. Like the expectations I think are, are different for yeah. boys and girls. And like it's so crazy for me to like see people talking about this stuff and like dance around the kind of obvious answer. Three, we learn to thrive in chaos. Nearly every list of things that make being a boy mom so interesting talks about the chaos that sons bring to our lives. They're a flurry of movement. They're noisy. They're messy. However, they leave one key element out. Boy moms just don't learn to survive chaos. We actually thrive in it. We learn to think fast and act even faster to find peace and noise. We even discover that there really is order amidst the unorderly. 
Don't believe me? Go in ahead and try organizing your son's messy pile of Pokemon cards. Then tell me how he reacts. <laughs> this sounds like an unhinged woman who's all, who's teetering on the edge. Yeah, like maybe I think she's maybe about to kill her child. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's about to kill herself. She needs respite care for her, like herself. Oh, honey. Good, sweet Lord. Yeah, I mean... I do think, again, this is a repeated trend, but we see it here, is this idea that raising a boy somehow gives you, like, some weird superpower. Like, oh, I survived a boy. It's just a baby. Babies are just hard. Kids are hard. It's as much as you put into it. Like, I was a really messy kid, and then I had friends who were boys who were very organized. It's not, like, a gendered thing. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just putting on those gendered expectations where maybe it has to do with the way that you're raising your child. So maybe you leave that room for mess with your boys that you don't leave for girls. Okay, this can, I'm actually really starting to get concerned about the woman who writes Creative Healthy Family uh, because this one's crazy. For, um, and this is my straight woman voice, for <laughs> boys teach us how to communicate in the fewest words possible. Ask your son how his day went and you'll be lucky to get a complete sentence out of him. More often than not, he'll get fine or good. Yet we boy moms quickly learn to decipher the thousand unspoken words behind those single syllables. We become masters of reading tone and body language. It's not just a skill that helps us be better parents. It's one we can use throughout our entire lives. So you've become overly attached to this child. They're becoming mm -hmm. a teenager, becoming sullen, drifting away from you. That's normal. But because you, you're overly attached to them, now you have to cling to them with everything you have and find ways to rationalize it being okay yeah. with you. And also kids, they just pull away from you. And I just feel so bad that she obviously somehow doesn't have a good relationship with her child or whatever, or is not expected to have one. So like her son not speaking to her, she's just like, don't worry, I, I study his micro movements and I'll figure out everything he's trying to say to me. Number five, they teach us to think about things in a whole new way. This, now this starts to feel like she really only had like three or four and now she's just making them up as she goes around. Um, while neither boys know nor girls are smarter, let's not perpetuate any stereotypes here. Boys literally do think differently than girls. This has been proven, proven not to be true. There's a quote from a study that really resonates with me. When explaining the differences between male and female brains, Regina, it looks like vagina, Verma, PhD says, it's like two people driving from Philadelphia to New York who take different routes but end up at the same place. Boy moms have the unique opportunity to learn what it's like to travel both routes. Isn't that extraordinary? So you finally feel like you're somehow being welcomed into male spaces that you were before oh, forced out of. That's an interesting way to see it. Because I, I think it, once again, maybe I'm just being too much of a student of sociology, but yeah. it all comes back to, to your socialization and like how you're expected to be yeah. raised and, and think through things. This idea that boys and girls are different is there, I'm not, I'm not going to say there are not uh, bits of truth. We over-rely on how much that is because way more of it is nurture the nature, like so yeah. much more of it. And I will say that this woman continues to use the terms like scientifically proven and stuff. But what she means is that there's been research done and being research done means that there's observations. Um, Like then this next point, that's an like, observable facts. Observable facts don't mean like this. Is, there's something with biological going on. It just is an observation. And so instead of being like, oh, well, this is just how boys and girls are. Maybe we should start being like, what are why is that? Uh, so th thinking about that, going into number six, boy moms learn that sometimes the reward really is worth the risk. Boys really do take more risks than girls. It's scientifically proven. While we boy moms wish they wouldn't take so quite so many potentially bone-breaking risks, our son teaches that sometimes the reward really is worth six weeks in a cast. Plus, if our boys are willing to risk falling out of a tree just to see the world from a new angle, we can certainly risk asking our boss for a raise. <laughs> I have no comment. I'm really worried about this woman. Yeah. Chad um, sounds like a monster. 
I mean, her, her child is probably just like a normal son, but she's created this weird narrative in her head, probably just to deal with the like burdens of motherhood to make it seem like it's this overly like, I don't know, like heroic thing she's doing. Well, really, she should be a mom, which is cool. It's cool to be a mom. You, you, you probably should tell your son, don't go in a tree. And, and the same thing, like the research, she, the scientifically proven is really just a research thing where boys do take more risk, but that's because boys are encouraged to take more risk than girls Yeah. Uh, from a young age. And also boys are less monitored than girls. We tend to over monitor girl, little girls. Um, yeah, and police their safety. It has nothing to do with biology. It has everything to do with just this, the sociology I mean, we have I about having a little girl. I almost feel like she's either misinterpreted or maybe the research is misinterpreted. What's happening It's both. Here? It's definitely a both. It feels like, and okay, so I'm just speaking from like my thing, but just yeah. because that there are different outcomes, like that, it, it's almost like it's like mm. New York to Philadelphia. Um, oh yeah, analogy, but it's 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 different than I think how she and how she quoted the research are using it. It's not so much yeah. that boys and girls have fundamentally different um, roots that they take. Like individual yeah. people have different roots that they take. To exactly. That, that's, I think that's really them. what it was saying. Yeah. And there are some girls who make riskier choices, but um, because we make them in the confined structure of the way society is set up, they mm-hmm. have different outcomes. Uh, and there's a lot more to lose as a girl often when we make certain mm-hmm. risks. So, all right. Yeah. So number seven, they literally teach us to watch our steps. <laughs> We can't talk about things only a boy mom understands without bringing up Legos, Hot Wheels, and other things that are oh so incredibly painful to step on. All those late nights of tiptoeing around to avoid the agony of embedded Legos in our toe teaches the valuable lesson, though. Watch your step and look before you leap. Now, if only we could pass that lesson on to our sons in the risk-taking category. I mean, you could. I mean, you could teach your son to clean up after himself, you but whatever. You could choose to do that um, yeah. and have that expectation. Like, mm-hmm. does your... Because mm-hmm. presumably she's got a husband, right? If she has a child yeah, like, or at some point, like, clean stuff up. do you expect like your man to clean up after himself? Number eight, being a mama's boy is a good thing to be. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being a mama's boy. And that's something we don't understand until we have sons. See, we know something that all those magazine articles full of warnings about dating mama's boys don't. Any woman would be lucky to date our sons because we raised them to respect women and express their emotions in a healthy way. Like I'm doing right now in this article. Wow. Um, I, I obviously added that little bit at the end. but oh, Okay. I was like, honey, maybe you're not. Um. <laughs> Maybe you haven't taught them the way you thought they have. And look, again, it's hard. Like you want to defend like the people you care about. Um, but unfortunately, like patriarchy isn't necessarily learned in the home or maybe not necessarily no. learned directly. Like it can be no, witnessed through in the all home those little tiny things internalized. But um, you got to stay vigilant and you got to and it can be difficult to call out your mm-hmm. child. Um, and that's fair. But um, you're kind of you're you're the mama that they we're warning people about in the magazine yep, for sure exactly all right number nine we finally understand everything that baffled us about boys as kids every moment of being a boy mom is a revelation finally we know why boys on the playground were always talking about poop at last we understand why our fifth grade crush didn't like us back because girls are still yucky when boys are 10 literally every day we learn something new that shines a light on the things that totally baffled us about boys as kids once again it goes back to the socialization thing for me about like Okay, yeah, boys thought girls were yucky and girls, oh, mature faster. But maybe because from a young age we're indoctrinated with, we have to find our prince and fall in love before we turn 17 or our lives will be yep, over. 100%. 100%, I believe that. I, yeah. I have fun thinking about that. Like, but I don't know. You just don't know who you would be if you had been socialized differently. And it exactly. comes from your parents, but it comes from 
all of the media we consume, the way our yeah. society is. I'm glad up. it's like, starting to change, but that's why it's so important to have media where like little girls can have relationships with boys that are non-romantic. Okay, so this one is the most unhinged. Uh, so I'm really glad it's at the end. Number 10. Boy no moms know that a son is a prince charming for life. Last but far from least, moms of boys know what it's like to live with a real life prince charming. Boys may be messy and chaotic. They talk about things that make us blush. They give our us heart failure when they jump out of trees. However, just like Prince Charming brought Snow White back to life with one kiss, our sons only plant one on our cheeks and all the worries of the world just wash away. The best part, that never stops. Whether he's one or a hundred, a son truly is a Prince Charming for life. I'm gonna puke. Wow. That's so Have you ever read the play Oedipus Rex? Save that thought for later, Lily. Save okay. that thought for later. Barford de Root. Yeah, there's so much wrong with that. It's just it incredible just... to me because I know so many people in my life who have married mama's boys who either they've had to completely cut off their mothers um, because yeah. the relationship is untenable yep. um, or they continue to have them in their lives and be present in some form or fashion. Um, but there are a lot of moms out there who when their children move out and move in with a girl and get engaged and get married all of a sudden become more and more unhinged and when they start having a child oh that's my baby and it just a lot of times I think it just in my like lived observed experience has a lot to do with when women have unhappy relationships with men or divorced or that's their connection to their son is their attachment to like romance and they invest all their energy into that person it's it's creepy and it's sad because yeah, it just speaks to our the the problems with the patriarchy and the problems for, with for the way sh- women are socialized. Sure. So many of the Reddit like "Am I the assholes?" or you know, "Draw conf- like draw my chest" or confessions are about like men or women or like husbands or wives, either men who are like my mother is horrible to my wife or the woman who is like my mother in law is horrible to me, and those are such a repeating theme that yeah. it's clearly a a problem here's another article that i just thought we'd mention and then i'll there's some posts from boy mom groups because they have boy mom groups on facebook because god is dead and he left us to rot on this earth <laughs> this one is from a blog called mom junction uh and it, this is called mother-son relationships why it is the most important and how it evolves over years the mother-son relationship is stronger yet the most tender among all bonds so at any bond, the most tender bond of them all is the mother-son. Uh, I don't know. Looking at my own, uh, my dad's relationship with his mom and my brother's relationship <laughs> with his mom. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I would also say my my dad was definitely like a mama's boy, but my mom was not a mom, like a boy. My grandmother was not a boy mom at all. I think you can have a lot of affection for your parents yeah. without it becoming toxic. I think yeah. that when it comes to the point where you can no longer like, actually parent your child and call them out on negative behavior and and vice versa like as you grow up oh but my grandpa his mom's a boy mom he was a boy mom to the point where she was a boy mom she my great grandma she hated uh my grandma so much that she got hot she tried to get my grandpa to divorce his current wife she also famously at my parents wedding because she's not only a boy mom she's a boy grandma uh 
was so obsessed with my dad that at my mom and dad's wedding, she went around saying, I give them three months. And she referred to your dad as like her child. Yeah, her boy, her her boys. It was her boys. My Mm -hmm. mother wasn't good enough for her boys. And my grandmother wasn't good enough for her boy. Oh, and by the way, my my grandpa has has a sister, never heard of her until like she just got mentioned to me one day. When women have like, negative relationships with their family potentially because they come from a boy mom and then potentially don't have a great relationship Mm -hmm. with their husband because their husband's a mama's boy then they have a son and And then it it perpetuates it perpetuates for sure like when what happens then when the wife and the mother are in conflict when they have conflicted interests um when boundaries need to be set um because all of a sudden your 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 chosen family, your your wife, your spouse, your child, you know, down the line should come before your your birth family. And a lot of women aren't ready to let go of that because then what are they left with? With maybe a marriage they stayed in for their kids but they weren't happy with, friendships yeah. that they like neglected. Like yeah. it's 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 sad. Um and I can literally on like I have like probably five examples that I could list off the top of my head of people (laughs) I know who have oh crazy mother-in-laws but then when you think about all the stuff that went in behind the scenes like it's sad but then it also people are like blowing their lives up because they don't have anything else to do with themselves yeah Yeah. and that's why that's so why it's so important to to develop yourself and and hobbies and stuff outside of your family too because otherwise it's just I don't know it's just this really weird mentality that I just don't understand like at all to have this like possessiveness and it's like also you know the the language would be completely different for a girl like mm-hmm. because girls are not in tr- you know the, the teenage stuff really got me it's like well you know they want to be like adults where it's like if it was a girl it's like you can't trust a girl with any of her opinions or any of her own thoughts you have to t- tell her exactly what to do and she can't be trusted with her career be trusted with choosing her own men yeah we have to you know approve the the guy she yeah. wants to date oh no I just think uh, and that goes into like a big part of just for my experience like the older daughter younger son dynamic because not only is the mm. son getting more freedoms just because he's a boy in general then he's also the the younger child and so the older daughter kind of gets becomes so uptight because yeah like me. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> because, are we speaking from experience? Yeah, not only is she like, oh, did she have way more expectations put on her? Because, you know, it's your parents' first time parenting. Like, they don't know what to do. And then also those societal expectations. And then when you come to the second child, you're like, oh, well, we can not be so uptight about this, this, and this. And then, and then also it being a boy not also. expected to do as much. Um, yeah, that's... I feel like boys just aren't expected to take care of themselves in the same no, way that it, girls it, are. No, it's very much a standard, like, a boy can be gross and messy and... Yeah, and it's not even like a, in a... You could have the same one-to-one chores, but, like, girls become... Have to do them ...invested yeah. in, like, personal hygiene more. And, like, we have yeah. a desire for that because of yeah. socialization. And, not and even, I also like, think there is something the, because girls have so little control over anything so the fact that they have like the minimal control of their body girls will take like get really into yeah. it I, like I, that's for like sure. a little bit of freedom like when oh. I'm having a lot of anxiety or like whatever I invested into yeah. my appearance and like exactly that's the thing I can't control like when like when little like 
teenage tweenage boys are anxious they can just go like run in the mud and like yell at people and break shit i couldn't do that i was a girl like it's not that my parents wouldn't be okay with it but it's like society wouldn't have been okay with it so instead it's like i'm gonna just go take a really long bath yeah make fun of someone for being a virgin on the internet when they're 14 years old (laughs) still playing fortnite exactly i mean exactly like boys can just they have freedom to work through things in a way girls just can't anyway so this is one this is from a boy mom post this was shared on one of our favorite when we went for our crunchy moms so we returned to ship mom group say for some boy moms uh so this was a boy mom group i read the beginning and then i reread this and i realized that i did not realize how unhinged this was okay so, i'm excited boy moms or no i'm scared <laughs> boy moms no truer words i love this so much i had to share if you are a boy mama this one is for you you always hear about how girls daddy's give oh god giving away his give away his daughter on her wedding day i had never thought much about the mamas and their sons but y'all mamas give away something too something just as precious something i knew i would never get back i gave away being the one he hugs and kisses i gave away being the one he looks for in a crowd i gave away being the first person he turns to when he gets things when things get tough i gave away being the one he makes laugh in the middle of the day i gave away being his number one girl i gave away a piece of my heart gave away my son deep down i know he will always love me but i also know he loves her more he loves her more than his mama that's okay that's how i knew he had found the one but isn't that what we want we want them to marry a girl who they put first even if it means we become second amas love and while you are still first kiss a sweet baby face and linger in those lanky teenage hugs drive him to school even when he is grumpy and doesn't say a word to you listen when he needs to vent and blow off steam and then it cuts off, but I can only imagine it's more insanity. Are you? I mean, this woman's in love with her son. Yeah. But yeah. also it's like, I say that, but also it seems like all these women are in love with their sons. Yeah, it's such a thing too. So it's like, like it's I not, don't know. It's like not like a specified thing. Like that's why I wanted to show all these different articles and all these different blogs where it's like a weird trend. Every woman. So um, I'm just like in my head trying to, I keep like being silent because I'm like trying to parse out where is this coming from? I, I mean, I don't, I mean, oh, it's like, that's, I mean, boys, give, dads getting away their girls on weddings are already kind of weird, but the idea that yeah. my mom, like, your son still loves you, but also the love he, this is a, this is a love, this is when the, my biblical knowledge comes in, but also it's a good quote because it works, I think it's a really good way to think about love because the Greeks had multiple words for love. And I think we should bring that back. Those love that your son feels for you is not the same side of love that he feels for his wife. They're two different loves. And they should be. And they are. And so you can still be the number one love he has for mommy love, but for romantic love, he has a number one. But you were never his number one there. Never. He just didn't have one. Or maybe he, he had just, a crush on Dora or yeah, something. Yeah. That, that He just, well, for a very long time, he didn't have the brain that, part of your brain mm-hmm. that had that. And then he grew it and then he matured and then he went out and found people. I I, I think that's when it's like, man, God bring back Greek because it's really, really important to have the, that distinction where you were never that love for him. Like, you know that, right? Like, you didn't lose anything. Yeah, I, I, and I wonder if part of it, too, is, like, I don't know, maybe in, in olden times, the old times, like, uh, the boys were responsible for kind of taking care of their parents, but daughters yeah. were something to give away. Well, and that's true. And, and also, you know, women would be, older women would be taken care of by their sons, their, their oldest yeah. male sons. That's true. So it was kind of, like, sort of how the, the patriarchal dynamic was oh, for sure. like set up. And now nowadays, we're still, like, 
feeling the after effects of it, even if it's not as necessary. But I think it's time to delve into some science because, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. So a little bit okay. of science. science. So facts, logic. Or at least, at least um, some like, you know, theories, um, psychology, which, you know, is a social science. So does that count as science? I don't care. So you did mention earlier Oedipus, which is, or Oedipus, mm-hmm. if you're a douche. Sorry, I'm a jerk. Clearly, uh, I'm, I'm a woman of the people. I'm an English major. So like you hear it so many ways and then you want to kill yourself. The, Oedipus complex is one that was kind of derived by Freud. And that has to do with uh, men and like sexualization of their mothers. However, in uh, the in 1920, Raymond de Saussure, who was a uh, Swiss of like a Swiss French national, he what who also had studied under Freud, he came up with this theory called the Jocasta complex. Uh, Jocasta is Oedipus's mother in the play. Uh, and this is to discuss the detach- the asexual attachment that mothers tend to have for their sons, uh, that he also seemed to be particularly prevalent amongst uh, either absent fathers or fathers who were not uh, very present in child rearing. So in, in obviously, as you know, in, in the play, um, Jocasta is queen of the king and she has a son, but it's, you know, the king gets this prophecy that the son's going to kill him and sleep with his mom so he goes and like throws his son away but then that son comes back and he doesn't and he thinks his adopted parents are his real parents and so he comes and takes kills the king and then he starts then he marries his mother and it's a whole whole thing and then when oedipus realizes that he blinds himself and then jocasta kills herself which you know what is the appropriate thing to do when you realize that you've been in a sexual relationship with your mother can i point out yeah i think it's so crazy in the story that in the play they just kind of in the story play they gloss over the fact that like Okay, he kills his dad in like a duel on the road. They basically yeah. get into like a tip and a into road a rage. Yeah. He murders someone and he's still the hero of the story. Yeah, I think his dad did like start it. Yeah. And it's kind of, so, there like, is a reason around it. I, I don't know. We studied it in, in the, the the whole trilogy in um in class about why it happened. But it, it was sort of like an honor thing why he went and married Jocasta. Like he was like, well, I did kill her um, husband, so I should go and yeah. take in this, this stage. And apparently he was also like a really good king too in the play. Like everyone loved him. Like he was like the best king they ever had and they were great. And then it got revealed like, and it all went wrong. And I, I always feel kind of bad that we use the term because it's not like Jocasta and Oedipus like want it to be mother-son. No. sexual like by comparing to the fact that there are many greek people who are like in relationships like that <laughs> i feel bad that it was them who we use for that because yeah. literally when they realized that she killed herself and then he blinded himself like immediately he took two pins and just like stopped himself and it was like no and then he went and lived in like the mountains by himself because he was like i can't do it again yeah but anyways i I, but this theory and um it's lesser known but i think honestly of of the two i feel like this one i i see more basis of like i feel like the end of his complex mm-hmm. is like thrown around a lot mostly it's i think there's also just like a fear of like us finding older women attractive and like that gets like you know anytime mm-hmm. you see like a slightly older woman being sexualized is like oh man freud was right it's like no maybe older women can just be beautiful and we can find them attractive without thinking they're our mother uh and then you have another later a few years later uh and these were all people who were a lot of these people are still in a freud school of thought uh theodore uh, reich also uh continued working on and he's he saw this as a like a form of neurosis for mothers he also believed that most women and i believe this is kind of true uh the women who tend to have this complex had some sort of unfulfilled adult relationships and mm-hmm. so she would yeah. channel this energy into overconcern for her child. George uh, Devereaux continued and he believed that children couldn't 
have edible complexes by themselves like there had to be a pre-existing parental complex so that basically means like if your kid is going to be have like a oedipus complex that means that you had a jocasta complex first and you put that on your kid uh there's also an equivalent called the laius complex which is uh, jocasta's husband mm-hmm. uh but that means like it, that's like uh fathers having competition with their sons which is like less common but i think that just has to deal with patriarchy in general uh but yeah. which i think is an interesting thing and i think it's true i don't think kids come up with these things out of nowhere i think you put it on them and then eric Byrne uh also went into this uh believing that um he kind of saw it also that uh, another way for a jocasta complex if you don't have a son like it's connected to mothers being jealous of their of their daughters and so the same way like mm. if you'll see like a mo- mother sleeping with their daughter's boyfriends or like being weirdly nice to their daughter's boyfriends a form of them trying to find someone to fill that role when they have no son of their own to play jocasta with exactly or like women like flirting with their daughter's boyfriends that kind of thing yeah so i think there's like a lot of and again with most of cycle like an analyst it's kind of hard because it's like such a weird like kind of hard to back it up because it is up of your mind and it's hard to prove those things but i do think from what we were reading a lot of this tracks like that idea that there Mm -hmm. is not a lot of other adult relationships or uh the idea that at least not just a sexual relationship but even just not like another partnership is being formed with their husband or their you know partner so they're like finding that comfort in their child if the child the idea that their son is, and especially with this first TikTok, if the son is the only son, either he's an only child or he's the only child, only male child of a bunch of women, that like mm-hmm. makes him special. I think that's very, um, I don't know. I think those are like big parts of what makes the Jocasta case, like people say are part of the Jocasta complex. And it seems to line up with what we're seeing for uh, boy for the boy moms. Well, especially I think it's it's part and parcel of, uh, and just in my experience, as you're a girl and you hit teenage years, you Mm. tend to grow apart. And this isn't like a heterosexual household, but you tend to grow apart from your same gender identifying parents. So girls in their teenage years grow closer to their dads, boys grow closer to their moms. So if there is some of that like envy there Mm -hmm. going like towards the the daughter, then you would grow closer to your son. Yeah. Um, and maybe the envy is that, you know, in a nuclear family with a mom, a dad, a son and a daughter, if the daughter is growing closer with the dad taking away from your relationship, maybe he's sticking up for her when the two of exactly. you are having, then you grow closer to that other child, but just taken to the extreme. I think another term that I think is a little bit more uh, like, like in psychology is used a little bit more like frequently and maybe with a little bit more uh, like legitimacy, even though I really like the Jocasta complex. I kind of think we should use it more. I, I, it should become the Jocasta complex should become the new edible complex in my opinion. Uh, I like it more. It's fun to say. Let's start uh, using it. Yes. I, let's get t-shirts. If we have merch, that'll be our first one. Uh, I, I heart the Jocasta complex. Uh, like I think if they call themselves Jocasta moms, I'd be into it more. Okay. But the, the, the other term um, is the, the term uh, covert incest also known as emotional incest. Mm, uh, so yeah. that's anytime your parent is using a child for emotional support uh, that should be provided by another adult. This can like cause the child to start uh, mimicking adult behavior uh, and acting like adults. And they, they use the term incest because in a form it is there. It's non-consensual because your child can't consent to you like trauma dumping on them and using them as a uh, as a filter it gets thrown around a lot yeah. in like am i the asshole like subreddits and stuff but i think yeah. it's it, it I think has a trick the to it. weight to it it has it yeah. has a weight to it um, exactly of the like term, how much damage yeah. it can do on your on exactly your child. yeah the term like came around in the 80s uh especially which makes sense kind of where pop psychology was and where we were studying uh relationships in the 80s and again it's mostly has to do with the fact that somehow your your parent or your adult is not finding solace in any other adults or at least is choosing not to or has been cut off from relationships 
And instead, they are now, uh, it is considered a form of abuse and are now using the child to fulfill those uh, emotional roles of a spouse. Child's needs are ignored, and instead, the needs of the parents are the only important ones. Uh, and, and because of this, because of the relationship dynamics, the child probably isn't aware of what's going on, and the adult may not even be aware of the, the that they're doing it. They can tend to have anger and resentment towards their parents. They will have self-esteem issues, addiction, uh, and problems down the line with sexual and emotional intimacy. But yeah, it's a, it's so it's it's. I think this is also a, a very uh, part of it is that um, women are using their their children to fulfill a relationship that they obviously don't have. I would love to meet the well-adjusted people who don't have issues with emotional and sexual intimacy. Where you at? It's not here. <laughs> and I, I think this is a good time to kind of just start talking about the idea of like, like this weird belief about this difference between the way we raise boys and the ways we raise girls. And it's really hard. So I, and like, it was really hard, like kind of not, I don't want to use the term triggering, but it was a little triggering reading all these mommy blogs with the way they talk about their girls is so wrong. Like their girls are these like inconvenience it's like oh we have to do all this extra work to make sure they're safe and they're good and they don't go on the wrong path but when they have their sons it's like oh man my sweet sweet boy he's perfect and i love him so so much and he can't do anything wrong and like it, it like and i think this continues because like statistics like uh in like a recent uh poll done by the journal family issues say that 54 percent of all americans say boys are easier to raise than girls and this has kind of been the consistent trend since 1947 that americans consistently believe that boys are easier to raise i think there's like the way we talk to girls like there's this one study where it shows that the british journal of development psychology shows that mothers are more likely to use emotional words and emotional content when speaking to their daughters than with their sons basically it's like with their daughters mothers like tend to kind of like perpetuate like they try tend to treat their daughters like adults too. Mm -hmm. which i think we've been talking about yeah i mean in my own experience i think that's that's fair i i just like this continued idea that like if you're gonna have a girl you're gonna have this one experience if you're gonna have the boy you're gonna have this one experience and it's just not true and it's also this like kind of sick idea this idea that like oh you if you're a mom that just has a daughter that you're never going to expand the real special adult like mother-son bond the real parent bond that you can have if you were to have a son because daughter's just you know but you don't get that with a daughter there's no special bond yeah it's it's sad i feel sad for girls who come up in these households i feel sad yeah for, i think the the best thing that like as a society we can do is continue to talk about these things and make people aware of them it's like with every generation we're becoming more empathetic and more aware yeah. of where people are coming from and their experiences and being able to express those and you know hopefully by the time we have grandkids of our own yeah like, We'll be talking about other things we did that were messed up. But, uh... Exactly. No, I, I, yeah, they'll be like, my mom just would cry and listen to Misky on the floor for hours. I don't know what's wrong with her, but. My mom refused to let me look at his screen for 10 years and I didn't even know how to tell time because all clocks are digital now. My mother read me crime and punishment in the crib and now I really have a lot of existential dread about who I will be as a person. Yeah, and it just continues. Uh, there's like this nature versus nurture debate that comes with like rearing children. There were just some interesting facts that I, I found in this article that like looked through some different studies in everyday health. Uh, and again, I, again, I believe way more this is nurture than nature uh, and they sort of get into that. Uh, where like one, it seems that when little boys play games on the playground, their games are always really centered around winning and being mm. like in very large groups and that have score and there's a clear one person has to win and everyone else loses. And there's like a leader of the pack mentality. Whereas girls, when they play, they're in smaller groups of two to four. They tend to be having intimate conversations and listening to each other. And they play games that are building about building uh, like communities and relationships. It also shows that like tween age and teenage girls tend to perceive stressors 
before boys. So like, and stresses that are happening around interpersonal relationships. So they notice that like when your parents or your friends are stressed out more than uh, a boy will start realizing that. And then they'll, they'll like, so like if a boy and a friend and a girlfriend have a fight when they're teenagers, the girl will be more stressed over it. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's like this idea that like there's, and it's the same thing as like boys will be boys. Uh, that these boy moms perpetuate, that there's something like biologically different with having a boy in that relationship. But I think it really comes down to that these boy moms and this idea about rearing boys as a general, boys are just allowed to do whatever they want. And boys don't have to think of anyone else's like people like if like especially with that like 10th point on that first letter, it's like every little boy is a prince charming. Like yeah. every little boy is special. Well this makes me think of something that like and I, I think it goes go back to what they're talking about the socialization. So like over Christmas, you know, we're uh, getting ready on Christmas Eve, we're like tidying up the house, my mom hasn't been feeling very well, mm. so I'm chipping in to help out, and like, yeah. look, it was Christmas Eve, I slept until 10, this was something I normally do, but once I was up, you know, I heard, you know, bustling downstairs, so I got myself out of bed, I went down, saw what was happening, yeah. and started helping tidying, I started to help tidy up, and, and mop, and vacuum, and do the floors, and all this stuff, and then... My little brother would have a basket of laundry. We'd call him down to get his laundry. He'd get that, bring it upstairs, move on. And they're just not as tuned into, I think, the way girls are taught to be tuned into things. Yeah. And they're not as aware of, like, oh, if other people are working on a project or something that's, like, involves all of us involved. Like, the ha- the idea that, like, the house being clean is everybody's responsibility. Exactly. They're just not as in tuned to... To community to building. They're yeah, not told to be like that. Like, I think they're built to be like that. I think all humans are. I just don't think they're yeah. told to be like it. And, you know, he's 16. And I was like, well, when I was 16... You, oh, yeah. You had to. I you was, were very intense on that stuff. And, and helping with stuff. And it's not that he doesn't know how to do things. It's like when women complain about um husbands or boyfriends saying oh well I'm more than happy to do all, all any chore just tell me what to do it's the idea that like well, why sometimes you just expect know. boys to be like told to do yeah things. like sometimes and you girls just know just, to do things it has to get done someone has to do it I'm yeah. going to do it and this is cyclical because these girls become women and these women become insecure they don't have feel secure in their relationship they have been and they get married to a man who is a boy mom man who is not you know doesn't think he needs to do or help anyone so they don't have a good relationship with their wife and then it leads to them having a, a son and the son becomes the center of her world and i mean the main like again here are the main causes we know of why mothers become like this is one is insecurity of the sphere of loss uh and that they like um put all this they projection onto their child Often mothers are depressed, uh, depression, postpartum depression, clinical depression, uh, and also just childhood abuse. Like somehow in their childhood, whether from parents, from their, like peers, they were not treated correctly. And so and now they're using their sons as like a vessel to relive this relationship they wish they could have had. Because every boy and mom was once just a little girl. Yeah, little girls begging for mom's attention. There's two tweets that will just that kind of summon things and then we'll just do our last yeah. thoughts on this and then we'll go to Reddit. Where the first one was from uh, Dr. Jacqueline and she uh, says that boys are only easier to raise than girls because you're outsourcing your parenting to the woman they'll date in the future, <laughs> <laughs> which is very true. Uh, and then this person also said, kind of in the boy mom hashtag, she was like, moms hate having daughters after having having sons is because they have no tolerance for dealing with girls or women. The idea that boys are harder to raise than girls is because people don't try to raise boys. They feel like they have already achieved something because they have had a boy. Uh, in comparison to girls who have to deal with impossible standards, such as be- being beautiful, being kind, being polite, etc., they believe girls have to fit in the standard. And when they don't, parents resent them. 
See, which I think kind of I sums think, it all up pretty well. Yeah, I think it really does. I think the takeaway from this, um, to lighten it back up a little yeah, bit as we go yeah. into final, our, final our takeaway, deep dive. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the core causes of this are depressing, but in the end, you get some really funny stories to tell. You know, at happy hour around the water cooler. Um, yeah, you know, they manifest in in insanity um, that you know <laughs> makes people laugh. And you know what? Being a human is hard. Uh, everyone is trying their best, some more conscientiously than others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wish everyone would be kinder to each other. Yeah. And don't be a boy mom. I mean, <laughs> yeah, have no, be, have a yes. son, but don't be like a boy mom. Or don't. Don't have sons. Hope for only daughters. The world would be better. <laughs> Unless they're my sweet baby Poe. He's perfect. Yeah, he's perfect. He's Here's a perfect thing. boy. You don't want women to be mean to your son. Teach your no. son to have good relationships with women that don't involve he being expecting them to do things for them. Wrap that yeah. one up. Nice, Poe. We, we solved it. We solved that one. All right. Let's also, Jocasta was good. I'm into Jocasta. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's be silly. We are now going into the deep end. Feel free to message us any stories, questions, comments, whatever. At same same person, different font, uh, pod at gmail.com. You can do that. Also, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok. Anyways, to begin with, um, this is our slash petty revenge, which we had a really fun time with last week. So I thought yeah. we'd come back. This is, uh, I will go into this one because it kind of relates. Uh, mother-in-law hates our Christmas cards. Both my mother and father-in-law express their antiquated views on societal gender roles every time they see me and my husband. Women are supposed to do X. Men should do Y. Blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to this Christmas. We moved into a new house and sent Christmas cards with our new address. We hosted the in-laws and upon arriving to our house this year, the first thing my mother-in-law says to me, I noticed you put your name first instead of my hus- of your husband's name. The husband's name should always go first. I laughed and brushed it off because she brought this up several times before. I actually wrote my husband's name first on the Christmas gift labels so I wouldn't have to hear her complain. But to be petty, I discreetly went upstairs and put the new labels on all their gifts with my name first so she would be irritated by every gift she opens. Not that elaborate of a story, but those that have to deal with annoying in-laws and family members around the holidays will hopefully understand. Look, this is exactly what we're looking for. It's petty. Mm, good revenge. Perfect petty revenge. It's it's exactly what she deserved. Like it's it's so dumb and like but this is the thing where it's like why what is the appeal of putting the husband's name first? He's the man, Lily. The and man. He did most of the work. His name could go first. How about that? This is we're going APA paper citation rules. Uh the person who does the most work gets to go first. He'll be an et al. I'll be an et al. Be a be a, an equal Your Christmas cards are literally like from Lily Jerumski's and et al. <laughs> Be like ah i'm glad your husband and kids are good lily it would be such a slay i think I'm that would be it. you i love that i'd like to apologize i don't think you understand how often i say slay in my everyday life uh everything i do is a slay he slay she slay they slay it's it's ironic but it's almost <laughs> post ironic because Why I, are you everything, slays. everything slays it costs the slays she does literally revenge on the sugar flower thief the revenge happened 30 years ago Ooh. For an incident that happened eight years previously. Okay, so the incident was 38 years ago. Revenge 30 years. Ooh, this is a 90s revenge. Hello. This story is <laughs> being set up like a, like a Sherlock Holmes tale. Like I do love everything it. about the, the name of it, the, the time jumps and stuff. It I'm excited. Does. I, who is a female, am one of five. My oldest sister, uh, who I believe is going to go by the initial M in the story, is three years older than me. And our birthdays are two weeks apart. The year that I turned 18, my sister turned 21. We had a combined birthday party. Mom baked some beautiful cakes and a friend decorated them with beautiful sugar flowers. They looked like mini wedding cakes. We had a great party, but one of our younger sisters, she calls B in the story, pitched Mm -hmm. some of the flowers that were on our cakes. 
the cakes didn't look too bad, but they were a tad cranky. But we were a tad cranky. Fast forward eight years to B's wedding eve. We were all home again, and mom made some beautiful cakes, which were then set up in tears and iced beautifully by the same friend. It was sitting safely on our parents' office. But B didn't know is that M and I had arranged for some extra sugar flowers to be made. We timed it well. B walked past the office there where M and I were loudly crunching on large sugar flowers. She just stopped and stared in disbelief. We didn't string her along too much because it was the night before her wedding and she didn't need the stress, but we totally got her. That's so sweet. That is sweet. That's that's so wholesome. It was like, we're going to, I'm going to make her upset, but then we are going to have backup flowers. Like this isn't going to be for us. I I like that. I like that. I got yelled at a little bit this Christmas for eating too much cookie dough. So it is, it is a smart idea. Well, I just, my mom's sugar cookie dough is so delicious. Yeah. I like to snack while I go. Also, we were making asparagus straws and I didn't, um, Mm -hmm. I was eating steamed asparagus instead of wrapping it in prosciutto. Well, that's real. Oh, the steamed asparagus though are really good. They're so freaking good. Am I the asshole for refusing to tell my husband the gender of our baby after he skipped going to the doctor appointment with me? I'm going to say no. You know what? Just gonna say no. That's my my my, my prejudgment. You're fine. My prejudgment is, I prejudge you fine. Uh, my husband and I were expecting this is our first baby and we're excited. Thing is, he barely attends any doctor appointment with me. The excuses aren't even valid. He's willing to miss the doctor appointments over soccer or a drink or a board game with friends. His response is always, I'm not the one carrying the baby. Why do I have to go see the doctor with you? Last week, my final straw, he was supposed to come with me for the baby's gender reveal appointment, but he chose not to come last minute because his friend invited him to fish and chip meal. How dare? I was pretty livid, but didn't make a fuss about it. Mom went with me instead. Good. Your mom's probably better. He texted asking you to tell him the results, boy or girl, but I refused to tell him. He kept spam calling me, but I hung up each time. He came home fuming, demanding I tell him the results, but I refused and bluntly told him since he refused to attend the appointment, he gets no results until the baby's born and said I was willingly willing to die on that hill. He went off calling me spiteful and immature for doing this and punishing him. He said he's the father. He has a right to know. And then he called me dramatic since I wasn't alone and mom was with me. I guess he gets no results, period. Uh, He's been fuming about it and told his family, and now they're pressuring me to stop playing mind games with him. But uh, I declined. Am I the asshole? Babes, I'm going to assume you're British because you're getting fish and chips, so let me put it in a way you can understand. You're a bloody knob. Yeah, fuck fuck that dude. You're you're a fine girl. Go get it. Maybe leave him. Or like this needs to be a wake up call. Um, you do have a right to know the sex of the baby. You gave up that right by choosing not to attend the appointment, uh, and be involved. Um, you contributed to this child, and so you need to be there, I supporting the person who's going yeah, through physical that, trauma to bring him into to this make world. you a baby. Yeah, you're gonna be there, or you don't get shit. Show up or shut up. This is an interesting one. So this is from No Stupid Questions, which I always really love. Is it going to be a stupid question? No, Lily, it's no stupid oh, questions. Okay. So this is good. This has been unanswered, so I hope we could answer it. Okay. Uh, why can my body create a whole child with eyes and organs and everything, but I can't regenerate a finger or toe that's been cut off? It's a good question. Good what question. the hell? Yeah, what the hell, body? Hey, Here's body, why do you make, why can't you just make baby for one finger? Like, finger baby. Okay, I understand. Like I, I, I do know why we can't do it, but I don't stem know why we can But it. like. I don't, yeah, I think they're, but clearly I think we have stem cells question. to make babies, so, to make babies. We have the stem cells to make the babies. So why don't we got stem cells to give to the fongers when we cut a fonger off? What I don't the, understand. What the heck, evolution? Get your shit together. I hate, I hate that. I think we should, that's a bad one. I'm British now. Is that your British accent? Nah. 
Okay, that's good. Lily, don't buy classes. There are lots of different accents in Britain. I know there are different accents, but the one yeah, you're speaking so has I'll never been heard before. Oh, I'll talk like your chippy toffs in the high castles. You don't understand me. Man, I think Bluey would get into an argument with you over this accent. And he's Australian. Would... Yeah, he's Aust- she's Australian. Bluey's a girl, Lily. Sorry, Blue's Clues did it first. But they're like completely different premises. I know, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Because I remember that was like a big reveal that like Blue was the girl and Magenta was the boy. Yeah, and then there was the green one who I guess were non-binary? Unclear. I don't know. What Unclear. I... I need Steve to tell me what the green dog's gender was. And I don't want to go to the Wikipedia and the Wikipedia tell me it was a boy or a girl. I want it to be Steve himself to tell me. All right, here's our last one. Uh, This is, again, back to Petty Revenge, which I think is becoming my new favorite sub. Pranking the Prank King. So I'm writing this because last week I got my cousin good. He's always pulling G pranks every time he comes over. Can't tell him how many times we tried to prank him and he always seems unbeatable, such as tricking us into getting pranked or switching the pranks. One day, I fixed punch for everyone and secretly planted a mild laxative in his drink. I gave everyone their punch, sat down, turned away. Oh, wait, no, sorry. He put a laxative in his drink. I gave everyone their punch, sat down, turned away, knowing my cousin would switch drinks with me. He did. Had a good laugh when he kept going to the bathroom. Unfortunately, my victory was short-lived when my parents found out about it. He could have died. You could have poisoned him. I was grounded for six months, planning revenge on them, too. (laughs) Yeah, so my thing with pranks is you shouldn't do anything that could cause them a lasting bodily yeah, harm. Like that so don't the drug sugar them. Flowers was good. This is yeah. Don't um don't do anything where they could be injured. Don't like don't put things in their drinks because okay yeah like a laxative especially a mild one is like not but if it's a strong enough laxative that they're regularly like shitting yeah like, and, and people can be a, a, a allergic to them. Yeah, like, I just think messing with any drug is, like, not a good idea. As long as anything you can put in food, that would be a good idea for a prank. It's <laughs> so funny. They sound like Disney Channel them. characters. They're like, kind of like It's a little bit of an overreaction, but maybe let's just stay away from side. Make your, make your cousin poop. I like that his cousin's the prank king. Yo, my cousin is the prank king. You I know what he does? He likes to switch. Pranks. The idea is that he just switches their glasses because he knew he was going to do it. Like, ultimate prank, I switched our glasses. Wait, so the cousin put the laxative in his own drink and you knew yeah, he was going to Yeah, knowing his mess- cousin was going to switch. <laughs> oh, no, wait a second. Wait, I take it back. I take it back. I'm on this guy's side so much. It's a great <laughs> prank. Because you know what? That cousin shouldn't be messing with people's food and he learned his lesson. Wait, what are your parents talking about? Nah, suck it. That cousin got what he deserved. <laughs> Friend of the pod, the prank king destroy. Yeah. Cousin yeah. cousin killer. We love Frank, you. Frequent poops is the least of what the prank king deserves. Wah. She's putting things in, in their drinks. Take the, the destruction of the prank king will be swift and full of poops. Okay, Lily, what did we learn today? Oh, everyone in society is deeply traumatized and I don't know. But clearly we shouldn't <laughs> be boy moms. Although honestly, we, we'd be great boy we moms. Boys? I don't know if I want to... I have a real thing. I don't think I could handle having a boy. Like, it would be a curse. Like, would you just get mad at them every time they left the house and started socializing the patriarchy into their lives? I'd put him in a box. The boy in the box? He'd become the boy in the box. Well, that kid died. But he was loved. Oh, How, oh. How about the boy in the bubble? The bubble boy. Balloon boy. Balloon boy, who was also in the box. He was. Oh, yeah. Because he wasn't in the balloon. Yeah, because he he wasn't in the balloon. balloon. He was actually the box boy. Yeah, I don't think I could have a boy. 
It is true. Like whenever I think of baby names, I only think of girl names. I never think of boy baby names. And then when I go looking mm-hmm. for boy baby names, I go, I don't want to name a boy. I have one. I have one boy name. What? Oliver Flynn. Gross. There's just not a lot of cute boy names. They all have like really toxic boy names are gross. Yeah. Like for girls, it's like okay, I want to have a Lottie and Elaine and Iris. Ooh, like it's easy. Pretty. I think I'd like to name a boy Silas. So he could be an evil villain one day when he grows Silas up. Silas was the name of a, a villain in a story I wrote in eighth grade. Oh, how funny. I was thinking of Silas Marner, a George Eliot novel, who he wasn't evil. He was just like this kind of sad old man. I'm like, that's what I wish for my son. <laughs> I could see you raising like an Arthur or an Arnold. I'd have to name them like an old man name. Yeah, I think I'd have to name like, them. They couldn't be name. named like Tyler Parker. <laughs> George. Actually, George is kind of an old man name. name. That's a sleigh name. George plays. There's no such thing. I've never met a sexy George or something, but you know, from Easy A. But I kind of like the name George. I don't like where this conversation's going. My father listens to our podcast, Lily. Well, like to name a child. He's only on episode two, but he listens. I would not name a child Brandon. I love you, but there's a reason mom calls you B. It's because her brother's name is Brandon, but that's part of it too. Yeah. So my dad's name is Brandon Scott. And my mom has brothers named Brandon and Scott. And then my mom's Weird. name is Jennifer. And my dad's sister's name is Jennifer. Do you think they're working through something? They're like married to people with the same names. As Do you? Sisters. I don't know. That's not an Oedipus complex, but that's something. I don't know. That's a Wonder Twins complex. Wonder Twins complex. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Gritty. I saw a Nashville Preds game and they played the Flyers and I got really, really excited. And then I found out that opposing like travel team mascots don't come with them. So Gritty was not going to be there. That's and then not really fair. Sad. Why doesn't he travel with them? Instead, I, I just had to see Nash with a G. Like oh, Gritty's ideal man is Gritty. Do you think Gritty is a, has a mama? As a mama's boy? No. He was an ethereal mm-hmm. being who sprung into creation. I don't know if ethereal is the world. I don't think ethereal is the right word. Maybe just. He is an esoteric being. Esoteric <laughs> sounds better. Esoteric's correct. Ethereal's not right. He's a ephemeral being who sprung ephemeral. into existence. I don't think you know what ephemeral means, Lily. All I know is from um, Aida where it's like ephemeral and fleeting. We sang that song. The God Loves Nubia. We sang that song. Lily, when I think of Nubia, I think of you. We sang it over and over again in my very white musical theater class. Yeah, like, that was the comment I was making. Yeah, Lily, I think, I, I think everyone got what made everyone, it's making everyone really uncomfortable about your Aida renditions. I'm not Why did Elton John Aida? write that? Why did Elton John wrote that musical? Like, what did he think going, oh yeah, it's time for me to write that African musical epic. Yeah, black women need a voice, and that voice is me. There's Elton, Elton John. John. <laughs> and I want Boy, to. I'm Elton John, and I want to write a musical called Anita. You sound yeah. like Jason Statham doing a parody of himself. Oi, I'm Elton John. I like Anita. I love it. it. sort of sounds like Elton John. Anita. Elta. Great at accents, actually, Lily. Uh, give me I a think country. you're wonderful. Is- I'm so proud of you. I'm Elton John, and this is you're watching Disney Channel. Did you? <laughs> and then Tarzan said, "No, he didn't write that, did he?" That was um, Lion King starts playing. Lion King, correct, but only the one song. I really love that song mostly because Timon and Pumbaa is like, "We're gonna watch our adopted son have sex." Can you feel the mother boy love tonight? Was Simba a mama's boy? No, he was not. Him and his mom didn't no. really have a... No, they had like a healthy... Honestly, Lion King is a great example of a healthy... Parental uh, dynamic, yeah. Although, Lion King one and a half, 
Timon and Timon's mom. Yeah, Timon and Timon's start mom. Off unhealthy. And, and then, then she learns to let him go. With, and then Lightning too, though. Uh, Kovu's adopted mom is a mom is a boy mom. See, it all connects. I really loved. Lion King one, uh, two. I think the whole thing was great. I think it was a really good. I think Kofu was very hot. Honestly, I um, I'm a big Lion King one and a half girl, but I'm also a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead girl. So that's why. Because you you you're really into Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah, I I that that play. I just like meta stuff. And it's in a really no. You one. you like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and Timon and Pumbaa. Do you I think know, they're dumbasses together? Dumbasses who like get rich and don't die at the end they do die you know that right girls and crimson guildenstern do die in hamlet and in the play what happens to them I'm pretty sure Hamlet kills them. They are dead, though. Why do you think it's called Rosencrantz or Guildenstern are dead? Yeah, that's right. Don't they get killed, like, off-screen by pirates? Yeah, that's kind of part of it, is that they kind of just get killed. Like, Please really sacramental. entire thing. What? <laughs> like, have you actually seen Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead? I have. <laughs> okay, yes. So what happens was he sends them on a ship where yeah. they he erases where... Claudius is gonna have him killed, but he writes their names instead to have him. Yeah, like he pretty much kill kills off. his boys. So he's like, he's killed off. They're killed off screen, like on a ship. Yeah, and sorry. He pretty mu- and Hamlet pretty much kills them, like knowingly going like, eh. R.I.P. My boys. I take it back. So- yeah, so it turns out I'm not a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern girl. I just like, I like the space between the lines, you know? I'm going to put you on a pirate ship and write your name in my place. Only if it's the home of the tentacle monster. And that, Ooh, tie it back hey, we've tied it back well he's in your room not me he's not in my room ah! Ah, did you look along? Ooh, lily but he's sexy that that's not my tentacle that's horrifying wait i wait, can't wait, we'll go out we'll this do a still part of the out. podcast we'll wow, it out. lily i'm flipping through pages you just tell me when to stop okay all right stop we're on page 63 dang it will you, <laughs> you want to get one lily, second you longer we would have been there here, I'll just go to 69 for your want, Lily, you pervert. Thank you. I glide closer, but just as before, her bubble of protective magic is impenetrable. She is a formidable woman with a glowing skin and sparkly blue eyes and silver hair. I see tiny traces of Elnor in her delicate nose and full lips. And I wonder is what my wife would have looked like if she had not cursed me to die. Good boy, she croons and rubs the shaft of her broomstick. Are you talking to me, I ask? You and I will have so much fun together, she says without looking in my direction. I glance over my shoulder. All I see is the sky. A flock of starlings fly a mile away and disappear into the clouds. There is no one here but she and I. Woman, I say my voice sharp. Do you see me? Her voice becomes breathy. You are most satisfying to ride. She bursts into peals of throaty laughter that almost sounds sexual. <laughs> what are you doing? She cannot see or hear or sense my presence, yet I have no idea if she's talking to herself or to a being I cannot see. It wouldn't surprise me if she had cursed someone in her past whom has returned to haunt her. The grandmother continues flying her broomstick. That was a grandma? Oh, well, let's have jobs. <laughs> I love you. I love, I love you all of our podcast And listeners. I love the podcast. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, or email us your thoughts. Yeah, we'd love you- to react to some of your stories, give you some advice. We're pretty wise women of the world. We're pretty we're pretty great. We're pretty much pro giving your cousins laxatives, so. Only if they were going to do it to you first. Taste your own mm-hmm. medicine. Revanche. Sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. And with that, the podcast is over for God's safety. Uh, in your name we pray amen this has been gelsey blythe at gelsey blythe on instagram and 
Lily Annabelle at lily.annabelle. Lily like the flower, Annabelle like the doll. Creepy. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.